What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Barry and Max Show. We are so happy to have you guys uh, on this uh, ride along with myself and, and Damian Mackey as we uh, prep for the OU football season, but also just to just get get a glimpse, an honest conversation, as uh, as Damian would say. Make sure that you go follow us on Instagram at the Barry and Max Show. Also. On Twitter, the Twitter is now set up. It's at Barry and Mac SHW because we didn't have enough to fit all the characters in there. So Barry and Mac SHW, but still easy to find. You type in Barry and Mac, it'll show up and make sure you leave a rating and review. How are you doing, Mackie? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to be on, dude. It feels, uh, feels good, man, to be handling business. Let's go. So, uh, just before the recording, so well, we'll talk about a special interview that we just had, but just before the recording, you received an announcement for something pretty near and dear to your heart. Let's, uh, I want to hear, let the people hear that, uh, that announcement, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I just got a text message from my boy. Shout out to Roy Lee, Roy Lee Williams, by the way, the real Roy Williams T. Uh, RRW, uh, just send me a text and let us know he got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. How sick is that? We grew up together, grade school, middle school, peewee football, high school football, obviously, interlocked OU, college football. And then my boy went on to play, uh, I think, nine total years in the NFL. Proud of him, man, to see where he came from and where our beginnings um, as young lads, just trying to figure out how to put thigh pads into our game pants to him being listen he he goes down pound for pound as a safety in college one of the best to ever do it like legit all eras all times i talked about it before but people talk about you know the transition of the game roy was the best safety in college football that's no diss to ed reed and the rest of the crew but in that era of football he was the most complete he was the most dangerous he was the most impactful um college football safety Hence why he went first in the NFL draft. And then hence why he went to five straight Pro Bowls, which he should have went to a Pro Bowl his rookie year. So proud of my boy. Uh, man, you know, it's it, it's crazy to see people that you literally were in math five together, fifth grade math class. And then, you know, 20, 30 years later, you're Ooh. seeing them be one of the very best in the world to play one of the sports that they love. So good stuff for him. Proud That's of him. amazing. That's amazing, man. And then to, to follow that up, um, just moments ago, we just finished an interview with a wide receiver, University of Oklahoma, All-American, Big 12 champ. Um, he got a natty. He got a natty. Got, oh, that's right. He does have the natty. He does have the natty, the red shirt year. That is right. He is a part of that team. How this, this is kind of sidebar. How integral were guys like him who were, were doing their red shirt uh, to the success of you guys on the field? Uh, I'm going to give you the short answer. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide validation by inviting a defensive guy as a guest <laughs> to validate. The short of it is those guys kick the defense's ass all the time on look team. Oh, we all we heard the 2000 season was Mark Clayton, Will Peoples, Antonio Perkins. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Ryan Daniel who ended up coming on and play with us as well. Those guys were giving the defense hell because essentially, remember I told you on offense, what would happen is on Monday and Tuesday, we go against the look team uh, when we weren't going against good on good. So Monday we did good on good, 
but we also did look team. Tuesday, we essentially did the look team the entire practice. We went against scouts. That's what we call them, scouts. Wednesday, we did primarily scouts, but we would have a period of blitz pickup where we would go good on good. Well, the, the look team or the scout team, all they would do is the coach would draw up these plays on cards and the, the receivers would pick the one they want and they, they had a de- designated route they had to run, essentially running the other team's offense. So after, I don't know, 10 reps, Barry, by, by virtue of repetition, the defense should know the play. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, there's yeah, only yeah, like yeah. Eight to 10, right, there's eight to 10 pass concepts. By Wednesday, they should be knowing the play. Well, they got J-Dub over there throwing the rock. And then Mark Clayton and Will Peoples and Antonio Perkins and and, and these guys <laughs> these guys are playing a look team and they were giving the defense grief. There were plenty of practices where we're side by side on our respective fields and you might hear uh, a Mike Stoops or a BV. God damn it! They I forgot what they would say on offense. We would say red to repeat a play if we messed up. Uh, Coach Amangino or Coach Leach would say red and red would mean do the play again. They had a term they. <laughs> I don't remember what the term was. We'll ask one of the defensive guys. I'm sure they'll tell us. But we would laugh sometimes because they'd be over there and we'd hear them say whatever the term was. God, repeat. You know, and and, and Mike's cussing a storm or BV's cussing a storm. It's because those guys was over there getting busy. Mm. But uh, they were huge. Those guys, and I think it's confidence. Imagine going against Derek Strait, going against JT Thatcher, going against Roy Williams. And I mean, those guys essentially went against those guys every single day in practice. And more often than not, the defense knew where the ball was going. Yeah, I mean, you cannot discount the kind of value that those guys bring. And of course, like everybody sees what he developed into uh, later in his career. It's a really good discussion. You know, I think, uh, I don't know about you, but I think we hit some things that, you know, maybe a little outside the box of what the kind of the normal traditional interview setup would look like. So I'm really, really excited um, that the show is developing like crazy, um, really getting a lot of good feedback. I, I think the people are really going to enjoy what they hear from uh, from Mark Clayton. Shout out to MC on that one. I appreciate you, brother. I owe you dinner. <laughs> Let's go. So um, since <laughs> our last podcast where – Man, there were some controversial takes on that thing. I know some people got at me about my Baker take, and all the, all is fair. I'll, I'll say that as Dr- Draymond Green says, he, he, that, t- talking about the new media, he's like, "Whatever you say, you got to stand on that. Just whatever you say, you got to say it, say it with your chest, but stand on it." Um, Baker is now a uh, Carolina Panther. Well, what say you? Hell yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's about time he got out of that 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 uh, cesspool of a franchise. Uh, by the way, I'm not a hater, so whatever, right? Just time to move forward. He's got some pieces. He's got some cornerstones on that team. I'm excited about the fact that they uh, they had some injuries along the offensive line the last couple of years. They finally addressed that in the draft. Um, they've got studs at running back. They got McCafferty and the kid from Oklahoma State who took over for him the second half of the season. Um, and they've got some pieces at receiver. So uh, I'm looking at Baker. I'm, I'm looking at his division, right? So what's that division? That division is the Saints, it's um, the Falcons, and it's it's Brady. Is that right? I think so. I am pulling it up right now. In, in NFC South, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's Brady and Tampa. It's Atlanta Falcons. It's, uh, it's uh, Carolina, and then it's New Orleans Saints. And so you're looking at yeah. a, a division where you've got – 
You've got Breeze transitioned out. You've got, you know, a good guy. I hope what you call still is throughout the quarterback at Atlanta. What's the kid's name that's been there forever? He literally oh, uh, got came Matt, uh, Ryan, Matt Ryan, Matt, Matt Ryan. Yeah. Right. So, so he's, you know, going to Seattle, he's going against the Niners twice. He's going against the Rams twice and he's going against uh, the Cardinals twice. That's probably the toughest division in the NFC or in football, arguably but between that, the NFC and the AFC West going to the NFC South, man, that's a soft landing. Yeah. He's got to beat out Darnold, which he did in the NFL draft, right? We all know Sam Darnold's kind of his little redhead stepbrother. So Baker handled business there. Um, and I think he's got a good coach, man. He's got rule. Guys come from Baylor. Uh, he he had that blue collar team that really gave OU fits a couple years back. Um, I'm excited to see Baker. I, like I said on the last cast, man, this is a put up or shut up opportunity for him. And I, and, and Bank's a guy who I'm, I'm doubling down on, right. When the stacks are, when the chips are stacked against him and he's in a position where he's got to put up or shut up more often than not Baker puts up. And I expect him to go out there and, and uh, revitalize his career. I look at him being a starter for the next three to five years um, hinged upon him taking care of business and, and staying out of trouble. Yeah. How about yourself? What's your thoughts? Man, here's my here's one of the. Did you know who they uh, who the Panthers play week one? Week one, baby. I even, I'm kind of <laughs> like we need to go to the game, and it's in Carolina, right? I think they play. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It is. It is in Carolina. Um, man, I think it's a good fit. I mean, um, Matt Rule obviously um, does know a, a little bit about you know what 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 made Baker good. It wouldn't have brought him in um, if he didn't think that that Baker could be a um, an important piece to that team. Uh, you got to think that he knows bringing in a guy like that, it is going to now be a, a competition. And if there's anything that OU fans know about Baker is he is all about bringing on the competition, right? Guy walked on at OU after Trevor Knight just set the world on fire in the sugar bowl against the, the crimson tide. And he says, you know what? I think I'm going to give OU a chance. Like, and so, you know, that he's, he's mentally got, got to be going into this saying it's an, a brand new lease on life. I'm away from this situation. I'm going into a system that not even arguably is better. Just the organization as a whole, like the Carolina has been to a Super Bowl in the past 20 years. I mean, what, what have the Browns done at all? Carolina has had some success they had success with cam uh that they've had good players in and out of that organization throughout the past decade two decades they're they're well run you you have to think that he sees this as a, as an opportunity to not just revitalize his image but play good football right not just you know may, maybe alter the way people view him but really go out there and actually be the kind of quarterback that he is capable of. And I was looking also excited for week four, you're going to get a uh, potentially a Baker and I'm assuming Baker wins the job. I think we, we all are. Uh, you're going to get a week four Kyler Baker matchup out there in Carolina too. So that'll be exciting. How much is the, I was looking at the the details of the, of the, uh, the trade. It looks like, Baker took a $1.5 million pay cut, which is a joke, 
That's just that's just the Browns being cheap. The Browns, I believe, are paying for three point five million of it, and then I think Carolina's paying ten. So I'm I think they're paying him more than they're paying Sam Darnold, which means that's from an economic standpoint, right? It's gonna it's gonna be uh, more economically feasible for them to start him as well, not just you know based on merit. Because you know in the NFL, sometimes the guy making thirty plays because he makes thirty versus the guy making three. Yeah. Yeah. It's today. They, um, this is just from a, uh, Joe person, I guess he's a, a Carolina writer out there said Be- Baker scheduled to arrive, um, mid to late afternoon today. This was posted about an hour ago here on a Thursday. Um, assuming they hit no snags, he'll do his physical sign his reworked contract with the Panthers and looks like he's going to do some press today as well. So that'll be exciting to, uh, to see from Baker. Um, some other news. Uh, OU got a got a nice little haul at receiver, brought in uh Jaquez Petaway. I really, yes, I sir. hope, yeah, I hope I'm saying that name right. Please forgive me, sir. If I am not, uh fans, feel free to correct us. Uh, but I believe it is Jaquez Petaway out of the Houston area, uh, where they play really good football. Any any take on that? Yeah, two things. Number one, it's good to get back into that region and get some wins. Kid's a high-caliber player. Um, the Texases of the world, the, the Bamas of the world, they, he's a kid that everybody had atop their list. Um, and regardless to what the people say on the back end, he's a guy everybody takes if you want. So shout out to um, Levy and, and BV and those guys for locking him down and, and getting him in the fold. But here's the more important thing. Since Hollywood, we haven't had a receiver that puts fear in in defenses. And I'm excited about the potential of a kid who can come in and you can line your safety up at 10 and have his feet in cement, jumping all the intermediate routes, jumping all the digs and the end cuts. Your safety's got to fly out of there if you got him in the slot or you got him opposite the tight end as a Z, or excuse me, off the ball on the same side as a tight end as a Z. So Having a pedaway in the offense, uh, even as a young pup, he's going to be a guy who, if we run any kind of action and he's the backside post, that safety can't drive on the dig. That safety can't drive on the in cut. That safety can't drag, drive on, the, on an ugly dig that a tight end might be dri- uh, running from the slot route. So you put him and Mims on the same side and you have Mims running the crossing route across the formation behind the backers. And then you put the safety in a position where he's being high load by a backside post. That's how um, Westbrook got his money. That's how Hollywood Brown got his money. That's a Mark Bradley's play where Mark is getting a bunch of money or the, they roll the defense and he's one-on-one and you got a safety or a corner playing eight to 10 off and he makes one guy miss he's to the house. So having that piece back in the fold and, and, and uh, on the offense, assuming the kid comes in, handles business and can, you know, get to a Schmitty workout. I'm excited to see what, you know, he's going to bring to the fold. He's a piece that we haven't had in a, in a solid three years. So it's going to be good to see. I want to ask you something about that real quick. Um, the, the meme of course is the, the rush three drop eight. Does does having a guy like that, well, when it came to how his offense was defended, granted it's a brand new offense. Levy is running a very, very different style of play, but did did it really hurt? I would say these past couple years. Does does that really affect how that defense is hedging 
in terms of, of what it wants to do or what it knows it can do against your offense, um, how important would it have been or how cr- be- much better, I guess, would it have been if you did have a guy like that? Does that really impact uh, the style of play that the defense uses against you? hundred percent. And so there's two parts and, and, and both are totally uh, independent of the other. But here's one. Let's assume pe- we have the exact same offense with the exact same personnel with Link last year, but we have a pedaway, right? So that's what you're asking is essentially, right? How does yes. he impact how the defense plays us? So when, when you, when you hear the, um, when you hear the, the term, you know, rush three, drop eight, what you're essentially doing is you're putting two middle fielders, your safeties are playing at about 12 and they're inside out, but there's, they're taking away the deep middle of the field and the deep intermediate middle of the field. Right. So when you hear drop, uh, drop eight and, and rush three, it's a cover four. The corners are flying out of there. The two outside backers are flying into the hole. They're, you're giving up the five yard out. Yes, that's what you're trying to get people to do. The backers sit between six and eight. And then the safeties are right behind them at about 12 to 15 yards. So those crossing routes that Link that likes to run, the OU has since Mike Leach have run what we call an ugly dig, which is a dig in front of one backer and then behind the other backer because he can't see you. And so the safeties are flying out. There's a huge void at about 18 yards. That's a route we've run since 98. Um, But when you run that defense, those safeties take that away. When you run that defense, those backers take away the corner, the curl routes because that's what they're running to. The backers are running to the curl and they're saying, throw the, the, the speed out, throw the quick hitch, and we're all going to rally to the football. Put a pedaway in there in the slot, in Leak's offense. And you saw Mims do it quite a bit his freshman year. Definitely saw uh, Hollywood Brown do it a ton when he was in at OU. He'd line up in the slot and he'd just flat out run right through the middle of the defense. By the way, you also saw, um, here's who else we saw do it. We saw, what's the kid's name? I always forget his name now. He transferred to Miami. Uh, Rambo. Charleston Rambo. I always forget, and, and it's crazy because I was at Cedar Hill, but Rambo did it a bunch in the slot too. Put a guy who can run because you're banking, your safeties are going to be sitting flat footed and the corners are going to be able to stay on top of the post if the post comes. And so when a defense runs that, uh, that, that style of defense, you just run a double post. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the, the outside receiver, the Z or the X to essentially, it's, it's not even a post. It's kind of like a go route to take the corner out of the play because the corners are the deepest guys on the field. And then you run the slot receiver in a position where they run just a little bit of wiggle and they're running behind the safeties. It, it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's the cover four beater. A double post is a cover four beater because that safety is sitting in cement trying to drive on, a, on an intermediate, intermediate route. Well, if you don't have a guy who scares the safety, the safety can just kind of back up a couple steps and then turn around with that guy. But if you got a guy like a Bradley, like a Westbrook, like a Hollywood Brown, where four, five, six steps in, they're getting faster. You just can't do it. The, the defensive coordinator just can't call that play because it's a touchdown. That safety is all his his momentum is all facing forward. And then you got a guy who's running a four three who's running his fastest and you got to do a 180, build your speed, get out your hips, turn your head around, find the football. He's gone. He's by you. It's a touchdown. And so not having that uh, personnel was an issue for us after Hollywood Brown left. And then uh, the other piece is this. Petaway is going to have the benefit of, like you said, so we, we talk about Link and, and, and Link, in my opinion, 
put the quarterbacks in a position to not have as much post-snap flexibility. A lot of times those guys have to run with what he called. He wanted to run his stuff, right? So that he could have a, he could, he could get the feedback he wanted. Well, the three, we're not even gonna have to worry about the rush three and drop eight because we're going to line up and we're going to have the overhang tight end. Some people call him a sniffer, whatever you want to have it. We're going to have that tight end um, in a wham position where they're behind the tackle or they're behind the guard or they're an overhang right outside the tackle. And we're going to line up and we're going to run man on football. And so rushing uh, three and dropping eight is going to be a, a, a recipe for here comes the power, here comes the lead, here comes that inside zone, and we're double teaming the nose and climbing to the to the to the backer. Uh, we're going to put pressure on you guys until you get out of this defense. You want you want to put you want to keep two seven two safeties back. You want your corners flying out of there on the snap of the ball. We're going to run outside zone, and your corner is going to have to come up and make a tackle on a running back getting ahead of steam. So Lebby's offense is going to lend to us having the ability to not allow defenses to impose their will with that rush three and drop eight. So Petaway helps a bunch, that is but also Lebby's Levy, scheme is also going to do a world of wonders for us as well. I remember back to like the, um, that 2014 Baylor team and just the style of play that they had. That team was that they're looked at as kind of a, a throw the ball all over the field. And, and Bryce Petty did, but man, they were physical too. Like they, that they would try and beat guys up at the line of scrimmage. They ran the ball really well. Uh, that was a solid team is um, that seems, I guess, to be the style that OU is going to, going to roll something very similar to that sort of 13, 14 Baylor esque. I think so. I mean, listen, Levy's had the fortune of, um, you know, he, he learned some after he was at USC or University of Central Florida. And so I think he's going to add that to his bag. Obviously, that's where him and Gabriel got together. He learned more with, uh, uh, you know, the 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 <laughs> Kiffin there. I was going to use my nickname for him, but I'm not going to say it. I don't miss. <laughs> and so, <Yeah. laughs> so, right, I think I but I, I do think the face of his defense is going to be one. Here's here's where here's where he, one of his calling cards were where he was at. He's going to the splits of the receiver. Is going to let him know if we're going to be uh, taking a one-on-one uh, mismatch or we're going to be running the football. If you got wide splits and the backers are are, are splitting the difference because they're trying to get into the receiving windows, hmm. then they're going to run the football. If you got tight backers and they're trying to make sure we don't run the football, you got to have a receiver that can win one-on-one. And, and receivers like that because you just got to beat one guy. Right. You beat one yeah. guy and it's you in the safety or it's you. Right. And you, you've got a lot of space to operate. And I think it's going to lend to defenses playing a more true. I think it's going to be problematic for the Big 12, just like, you know, it's interesting you brought that up. And I was it, 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 it lends back to what you just said. Baylor's offense was so atypical of a Big 12 offense in that regime that it was just you had to prepare totally different, right? Most of the guys duplicated the surf and turf stuff, right? Spread you out, throw the unders, spread you out, throw the quick screens, pump and go, stuff like that. Baylor didn't do that. Baylor was like, uh, we're going to be on twins and our receivers are going to be two yards from the line, uh, from out of bounds and the other receivers are going to be five yards away from him. 
him. And if you guys keep seven in the box, we're going to throw two on two. And if you guys put six in the box, we're going to run up the eight, you know, we're going to run up, not the eight guy, that's defense. We're going to run up the one hole or the two hole, right? Like they, they, it's kind of like an SEC style offense. It's, it's unlike what we ran at OU. That's not, that was not our offense. Right. And so when OU comes with the caliber of athlete, we're going to have relative to our conference. And he starts taking some of these pre-snap reads where right back then, I think he had Corey Coleman and a couple of those other guys who ended up being NFL guys, put your nickel, your nickel backer on a Petaway or on a Farouk or on a Mims. Right. And your safety has to stay true to the run game because we've been running that 26 power or that F power, you know, for the first two quarters of the game and let us run action. Like that's what he's setting you up for. He's setting you up to make you have to make a commitment to the run game and then he's over the top. Or you've got a kid, and I said this last week, you got a kid who can't man for man compete with his kid, they're going to pick on you. And that's a huge weakness I think Lincoln Wiley had. Sometimes we just have better dudes than the Texas Techs, TCUs, Kansases of the world. And we never just said, hey, dude, we're just going to run a double post and, you know, quarterback, take your steps. And, you know, that nickel, that nickel, but maybe it's a nickel corner can't run with Mims or that the cornerback on their left-hand side, he's a bigger rangier guy. He wants to get his hands on you. But if you get a, if you run, he's a four, six guy, just beat him to the spot. Like Link didn't do that enough. He wanted to run his stuff and play, you know, he wanted to play a mismatched chess with the D coordinator. And it's like, nah, man, sometimes let me just, let me just throw the ball to Wolf four times because this corner can't cover. And and Levy's going to do that. 